1: Welcome to Top 5, the Patreon-only podcast where I, Josh Earl, sit down with a good friend and we discuss the top five of a topic of our choosing today. It's my good buddy. It's Daniel Connell, everyone. Yay. Hey, mate. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Now, for those who have been uh, on Twitter, the last two weeks, really, I've been going crazy about doing bracket tournaments and talking about... uh, I started off doing uh, American bands in the 90s and now I've gone to... Aussie bands who were played on Triple J in the 90s. Mm. And, you, and you've been following, Daniel? Mate, I've
2: loved it. I loved it. It. Um. I think that was when I was most – I still love music now, new bands and things, but I think 90s yeah. was when I was most influenced. And yeah. when I saw all your charts, it just brought back so many good
1: memories. I know. It was fun. <laughs> I was compiling it. And I don't know if you know Levens, who uh, Sydney podcaster, DJ, them, yeah, 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 kids book writer, he was like – really into the American one. And he said, what are you doing next? I said, oh, Aussie, Aussie 90s. He goes, let me see. I want to, I want to know. And he was like, you've got to put screen feeder in there. Cause I didn't have them. I had them on my, my, like, you know, in the list, but didn't make yeah. the 32. And he goes, you've got to have them. You've got to have them in there. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. And then um, they absolutely got wiped the floor yeah. with. <laughs> he was like, I'm so glad I, I said, I think they're up against Powderfinger to start with. So they had no, no chance. Uh, yeah. I and, saw
2: some of the matchups were
1: yeah, David and Goliath.
2: Yeah. Yeah. and then That's it. That's a tournament. That's how you've got to come up against
1: the top seeds. That's exactly what I've been trying to explain to people who obviously like music but don't like sport. Like people (laughs) go, how come you put this band against this band? Like they're not even the same kind of bands. You should have put this band. And I'm like, that's not how tournaments work. You don't go, hey, I'm a left-handed tennis player. Can I not play against Federer? Because he plays it very well. Like I'd rather, yeah. Um, But what we're doing today, we're talking top Australian albums. Mm, now. Yeah, this uh, you
2: asked me to do this yesterday, and yeah. I just set you off. This is—I'm in lockdown. This has made me so excited because <laughs> you are—you are a big Aussie music fan. I've worked with you at
1: the project for a few years, and I know that you—you you have some some strong s- strong uh, feelings towards Aussie Aussie music.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's. I'm sure most Australians that like Aussie music think it's. Underrated and yeah, um, and especially that stuff from the '90s. I just think we were we were making such good music then, and yeah, it's still good now. But I just think there was a real hot spot there in the '90s. Yeah. Because
1: no. I always think isolation's pretty good for art. Like, yeah. although having lived in my house for the last 18 months, not really being able to go out, I'm like, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe getting out and seeing other stuff could be good. <laughs> hey, So what I'm doing, so you're doing top five Australian albums. Now I'm doing mine a different way because I think most people would know who uh, listened to this in the past, all right, the bands, I've talked about the bands I like enough. Like mm. we can't just have, okay, it's going to be the go-betweens, you and I, the Triffids and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm doing mine. So I, I've realized I'm in my fifth decade on this planet. So I'm going through year, like decade by decade. So from zero to nine, what my favorite album or most influential album of then, That's and then we'll, we'll go through it. So I'll start it off. So little old me in 1986, <laughs> living living in the old house in uh, on Wembley Street, not Greenacre Street where I lived all my life in Burnie, but when I used to have. So I had. It was like a like a little tape player thing that had the speaker just on it. Yeah, like it was. I think you could carry, it had a little handle on it. Like it wasn't a boom box, but it was like one, and you could also record your voice on it as well. It was in my room. I don't know, and I had one tape in there, and it was on one side, it was the best of Abba, and on the <laughs> other, it was Whispering Jack by John Farnham. <laughs> so I'm gonna have Whispering Jack by John Farnham, and That's I used great. to I used to break dance to it. And I don't know. Yeah, I know. But I was like, I obviously saw breakdancing somewhere and was like, that's cool. I'm going to break dance." And so the only songs I had at my disposal was (laughs) Aber and John Farnham or my dad's John Cougar Mellencamp collection because he liked that. So I would take the tapes and I'd do some breakdancing to take the pressure down. (laughs) And was... um. You're the
2: voice on Whispering. On Whispering. Yeah. So it had some
1: had some massive hits. Like Mm. I listened to it today, like just skipping through it to go. Yeah, this is the one. Yeah. It's such a good album. Like, and it's one of those things. Like John Farnham, when I was a kid, was so famous. Yeah. Like he was on everything. On everything. Like whenever there was any an opening of anything, he was the one who would go and do a song. And I think also, Hey Hey It's Saturday was so like played such a major role in my life yeah. and I don't and I know it's been cancer. And I know it was horrible, <laughs> but I was also seven years old living yeah. in Bernie. I wasn't going to be judging it. I'm going, Oh, there's not enough of oh, yeah, anyway. So I, <laughs> I remember he was on it all the time. He was always very funny on there yeah. and I like that and like, yeah. And I also think he's had a bit of a bad, like bad press with, he did his good, goodbye show and mm-hmm. then he's come back one more time and everyone's like oh you, you're coming back all the time like John Farnham was like he only did it once <laughs> and I think the room ru- I think look this is just rumor but I think he got sick and that's why he was stopping any live touring oh, but he didn't want to him. come out and say that he was sick because like, around that time yeah cool. he put on a fair bit of weight and was always wearing like jackets all the time like mm-hmm. he used to he went from wearing shirts to like wearing suit jackets and like yep. yeah I, I think the rumor and i am be talking on school, I think the rumor was he had uh Problem with col- I think he was wearing a me bag for those years. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. He, well, he still he came out for that um <laughs> the fire concert and everything, and he was yeah. great. But I can I just would love to picture you break dancing to the <laughs> the back the bagpipe section of, of You're the Voice. <laughs> you should Practice it and put that in a festival show in future years. Because
1: on the other side, it was ABBA. And I remember I didn't like much of ABBA, but I did like the song Take a Chance. (laughs) (laughs) That That was my one. Yeah. Take a chance. uh, Yeah. I like that. All right. So that's that's my number five album of my most influential, my favorite Australian albums. Great. Great. Do
2: you want me to start my five? Your five. So Can I do just quickly, I just wanted to say two notable mentions because I couldn't. All right. It was so hard to do this list, and this is one of your favourites. But um, sound as ever, 1994, UMI. It was yep. it was a bit before my music buying time. I was 11 yep. at the time. Um, I didn't buy my first album until I was about 14 when I got my first job. Yeah. So a lot of my music up until that point was just sisters' music, a lot of rock set, um, yep. parents' music, Fleetwood Mac. Um, but yeah, that that album I, I I've listened to it so much in the last probably five um, years.
1: It's so great. The song Ordinary is one of those yeah. songs, which is such a great song, but people, if they don't really know You're I would never have heard of it. And it's such yeah. a, yeah, I love it.
2: Yeah. It's one, yeah, start to finish bangers. Yeah. I, I've used Berlin Chair in my house music at comedy festivals for many yeah. years. Um, and Cold Chisel, this is obviously definitely before my time, but East, 1980, I just grew up listening to that a lot. So
1: I don't know anything about Cold Chisel. Have you right. done the have you done the podcast the saturday paper podcast the Saturday paper no, quiz? No, no it's got Johnny leary, a really good guy, and it was a really good podcast, but he uh the first question was about Cold chisel, and me and Lomas did it together mm. and he goes oh you'll get you would absolutely get this one Josh. This is right <laughs> up your alley and I was like, cold chisel were before my time but not so much before my time that it was like a cool throwback mm. it was still a rat like. Early '80s, yeah, and it wasn't like I think my dad liked Cold Chisel, but didn't play it in the house ever. Yeah, like yeah. and yeah, it was one of it's. It's like me and Star Wars. I never watched Star Wars because <laughs> yeah. it, by the time I was old enough to watch it, it looked old.
2: Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I've never watched Star Wars either. Yeah, and, and it, I think that's the same with Cold Chisel. But by the yeah. time I was
1: old, like, it was like, are oh, they old? That's like dad's music. I don't <laughs> want to listen to that.
2: Yeah, I can still listen to East now. That I there's not many Aussie albums that start like. The opening single is "Standing on the Outside Looking In," and it's just yeah. a ripper start to an album. It's um, and it's got like "Cheap Wine," choir Girl," some other bangers on there. Yeah. Okay, but let's get to number five. This is a bit of a spin from what I was, the two bands I just mentioned. But the criteria I did to make the cut because it was so hard to I wrote down like twenty albums, and yeah. um, so the quite criteria I did was that it's um an album that I just listened to non-stop for like a whole summer for a year and 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 it just reminds me of really good times like it just you know those nostalgic albums that when you put them on it reminds you of where you were when you bought it or whatever absolutely so that's that's what what made my top five um happen so my fifth uh, album is josh pike memories and dust so this is just Two thousand seven, his debut album. I was getting into that indie, um, yeah. and what set it off? I saw him live at the uh, UC in Canberra. Uh, went with a few mates, and it was—he's just fantastic. And I don't know, I just find it so easy to listen to, and I still listen to it a lot now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the whole album's great. Is it's
1: this just, the one that had uh, what's this in the middle middle of the yeah middle, is of, it the middle hill? of the hill? Yeah. 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 So my memory of that is. The Bedroom Philosopher, my friend Justin Hazelwood, played Falls Festival one year, and I was on with him. And he had this song which he would do all the songs in the Hardest 100, just do a mashup yep. of them all. And I think he got like 50 of the – like just would do small snippets. And one that was very impressive just to see it. like It wasn't like it was the four-chord song where it was like, hey, all these songs sound the same, and you're yep. like, well, you can manipulate that, so it just is the same. But he just actually put them all together. And when he did Middle of the Hill – I've never heard a cheer as loud. like people were <laughs> honestly going, this is the best like this yeah, is. And my other Josh Pike story is when my held
0: up.
1: wife went back to Perth none of her friends had met me and she told oh he's a comedian and his name's Josh and in the kind of like of like just being whispered around around all her friends thought I was Josh Pike (laughs) (laughs) so they'd be telling people oh yeah it's Josh Beck's dating Josh Pike yeah she's moved to Melbourne she's dating Josh Pike